Damn. Hello everybody, welcome to episode number one of Ross F Podcast and Coffee. My first guest, he is a good friend of mine, um, Samuel Dugan. Right. So let's get the ball rolling. We had an eventful uh, journey to get to here. I had to pick you up in Rackgar. You were, tell us a little bit about how you were getting home today. You were on the bike. On the bike, started lashing rain. My good man Ross over here, thank God you came to collect me. <laughs> I was, I was getting soaked. I actually don't mind the rain as well. Yeah, it wasn't um, too bad. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, but I'm one of those weird people. I actually... I really like, like it just calms me, calms me down. Therapeutic, yeah. Very therapeutic, but yeah. today it was pretty bad. Yeah, so I had to give you an L helping hand. You've yeah. took your time out to come on here and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, first question to get the ball rolling. What were you actually doing in UCD today? Today, what was I doing today? I was doing a lot of teaching, actually. Yeah, yeah. teaching. Who would you be teaching? What age group or different all types of ages? Uh, well, any, well, most people would be sort of starting from first year, so seven, well, 18-year-olds, really. Yeah. And then all the way up to, say, like, master students and stuff like that. So quite a mature group. Depends on the range. So a lot of people go into UCD now. They have a conversion course in computer science. That's okay. what I started teaching. And, uh, so it's so, mainly computer science. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's only, oh, Jesus, yeah. I'd fucking be terrible at it. Now, that's, so very, that's very interesting. But uh, so the conversion course... Yeah, like a lot of, uh, you know, conversion masters, so they would come from something else and then coming in. And uh, they're great to teach, but they're all great to teach. You know? And you enjoy it yourself. You also find it very interesting. Mm. You studied that yourself in college. I did my undergrad in computer science, yeah. I was Brilliant. a mad nerd when I was like, younger. So Yeah, so That's having an interest yeah. and then end up going on and teaching other people your own interest. Yeah, it's not actually really... that. That's kind of nice now. After a while, like after having studied it for you know quite, a, and obviously not as I wouldn't call myself an expert. But you're still learning as you go along. So as you're teaching learning. others with questions they're throwing, and you're still learning. And yeah, it's yeah. an ongoing experience. Yeah, for sure. Well, so if you're enjoying it, yeah. Like that's another thing, though. You know, the fact that it's an ongoing experience is what keeps it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you can never really know it all, and you're always kind of learning as you go along. Yeah. yeah. So you're enjoying it out there, and you don't have many years in college. Uh. Yeah, as my undergrad, I did four. Four years, yeah. yeah. And were they tough four years, or were they not too bad? Uh, they got tough towards the end, yeah. Really? Sure. Yeah, there was a few really hard modules, but, like, just put the effort in, like, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's, like, the hardest, you know, like, people sometimes hear, like, some sort of scientific subject, like, computer Immediately science, they're... theoretical physics or yeah. whatever, but yeah. I'd say I would have lasted, like one semester if i had to study medieval history or whatever really? because yeah my brain doesn't work like that having know? an interest in something makes it a little bit more Definitely. enjoyable well, and fun yeah different, different way of thinking about things you know what i mean so yeah it's like, yeah i don't know if i've done well in sociology or mm-hmm. but uh whereas someone else would have been way better than me in mm-hmm. that subject and you feel in the next five ten years you'll be still teaching and you're not going to transition over to another type of science or are you going to just no, stick with computers well, the, the, so I mean the teaching is more it started off I did a PhD or I was doing a PhD and then you know my track was sort of to see what where that would take me <clears throat> and then didn't quite work out just because it wasn't you know it wasn't for me that yeah. wasn't what I wanted mm-hmm. to do so then you had the option to take the PhD and make it into a master's okay so that's what I did but all throughout the sort of what you call the postgraduate experience mm-hmm. you get the opportunities to sort of you know, when I say teach, it's not me standing up in front of 60 students. It's more like yeah. people coming in uh, with technical issues or they'll be given homeworks and then they'll be able to ask me. Mm-hmm. Sort of, so I'm like the middleman between the I actual see, yeah. lecturer. And these are students, and students just coming up and beginning to learn. Yeah. So you obviously sharing your knowledge then with them will help them a massive amount. Well, You're in bet- Yeah. Well, that's the plan. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting then, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, brilliant. 
And come here, where we actually born? For people that don't know you and are looking at this for the very first time, a lot of my um, viewers or listeners will probably know who you are from the same school that we went to, mm. although you were a couple of years ahead of me. Where were you born? And how did you end up here and end up in that school? How, what's that story? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I was born in Madrid. Um, and my parents... I'm still not quite sure what they're doing in Madrid. I think they were just there for the crack, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it was just like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was born in Madrid and I stayed there for like a year as a little baby. And then eventually came back to Dublin. My mom is French and my elf was from Donegal. So they've got that sort of mix. Mm-hmm. And then we went to a primary school. Moved around a lot, actually, as a kid. So you never really had a permanent home? You were kind of just... Yeah. Yeah, I'd say... Well, like, now, here at this gaff, I've been here for a while. Mm-hmm. Probably since eight or nine. Yeah. But just school-wise, yeah, a bit a bit of change there at the beginning. Yeah, so your education... It probably hasn't been a bad thing because you've got to mix with different group of people. In each school, you had to kind of... Oh, yeah, not definitely. You had to gel in with different groups, and it probably taught you a lot about yourself and stuff, did it? Well, it's a really good practice now. It's obviously really scary but it's very good practice i found for uh just sort of like getting thrown in the deep end yeah and, yeah uh, you know basically being forced out of your comfort zone yeah and then yeah. you get kind of used to it now obviously you know for me it's like you can always then just get comfortable again and then you know, just when you settle in you've got to well you know, that, you know now sometimes i think comfort is a good thing but i suppose it was handy enough in that sense of like at the time really difficult very sort of for a young cultures. for a young guy yeah not knowing what's going on and right. where you're going to be in six months or but a year looking back on it it was good crack just because yeah you know probably. you learn probably so much social skills from it and stuff yeah too. yeah and it, it definitely would help you become the person you are today when it comes to teaching and being in front of all these different people you can then be able to just know how to be in front of one student because not all students would be the same and you'd be able to help them in their in their own ways because everyone has their own kind of personality traits don't they yeah for sure yeah 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 so then being in Madrid, coming back to Dublin, from yeah. eight up, you stayed in Dublin and that's been where yeah, you've yeah, been. Yeah, that's for, for the whole But time. is it, is it, you go over to France every kind of couple yeah, of months well, so and then stuff, we went yeah. To I got into McDarris actually on the raffle. Really, yeah? Yeah. Because it is a tough raffle. school to get into. They say well, kind I was of, outside of the catchment area. Right, right. Um, same, same as me, yeah, I was yeah. outside. But I think if you've got like a cousin and Did a, you a have relative. Already? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. I the easy way. Yeah. But this is what happened. So, like, my mom and my dad, they both wanted me to go into a school that had, uh, like, I was sort of like non-denominational, or was it non-denominational? Whatever McDaris was, it was, what was it called again? Uh, mixed community college. Like, it's it's yeah, that's it. There's yeah. no kind of. It's not like it wouldn't be like the Christian Brothers school or right. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really were, a religious school as such. It's right. Exactly. exactly. It's multicultural as such. Yeah. Would, would that be the best way of putting it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because neither of my parents would be very religious. In fact, you know, to be atheist. So, for their preference would have been like mixed and and uh, yeah. sort of mixed, uh, mixed like thrown you into an, into a Catholic school probably would have been a no brainer. Uh. Yes. I mean, it's mad because especially like say school in France, it's completely different to school. Really? Here and I think that's something that my mom would have wanted, like both of us, myself and my brother, to mm-hmm. sort of experience something that at least approaches the way that the, mm-hmm. the schools in France are, are sort of. Yeah, and you enjoyed your time in McDowell's anyway, yeah. I had a good time in McDowell's. Yeah. yeah, it was a good school, and especially from being from an area outside of that, you got to mm-hmm. meet lots of different people and. Exactly. Yeah. Again, yeah. It's like, okay, you still stay in contact with them and stay in touch. Like it's, it's a good few lads. Yeah. yeah. And being in UCD now, you got the points you wanted in school. You went on. You done your college course. Tell me a bit about how you've went from being in the college, teaching people, and having your own band. 
How's the that band? Been? The band was like, oh, it's always a bit of crack. Uh, you tell the tell tell the listeners about your passion for music and how that began to to make your own band because obviously you haven't really got a lot of free time. I mean, you've got your evenings and you're you're kept busy throughout the day. So how is it juggling the whole lot and being able to still manage and be a part of a band? Well, now it's getting tough to juggle. Definitely getting tough to juggle. But at the start, you know, learned I learned piano. So I started learning piano, classical piano. Uh, just as younger, just sort of like a ah, my mom was like, oh, I'll give this a go or whatever, and then picked up the drums for because I really like rock music, you know. You get to fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's only so much classical piano you want to play <laughs> you know, before you start. Yeah, then you're, yeah, you're kind of bored a little bit. Then you want to just experiment with other stuff, yeah. So then I did that, and then basically, actually, so McDaris, if you remember, McDaris has a physics day. Yeah, yeah, right? remember so, well, yeah. A physics day for anyone who's listening or watching this. It's such a gas day, and I, I love it as well. Like obviously as a scientist, there was this one day in school where the physics student in I was in like in fifth year, the physics student in fifth year, uh, could organize an experiment, and then they would put it on display, and then the whole school got to come and see it at a particular time in the day, and inevitably, there would always be one student, or a group of students that would do the physics behind mm-hmm. uh, electric guitars and amps. Yes, I which, remember. Which yeah. is actually really interesting physics, you know, if you yeah. want to get behind the science of it. But the real reason was let's bring a guitar down and have some crack and jamming play session, and, and exactly. we can show off and have a laugh. There yeah. you go. But it was so, great though, because for people that were looking at the sciencey ends of things that yeah. probably didn't have an interest, let's go over and look at the guitar and let, let's go. have a look at the music because yeah, yeah. everyone has an interest in that. Exactly. Yeah, it's a great way to get into sort of. The yeah, I remember that day well, and I remember you from that day as well because you were always heavily involved in that section. I mean, whether you weren't playing the guitar or you weren't playing the drums or the piano, you were always attracted to that section yeah. even though a lot of people probably wouldn't have known you still have a massive interest in science like if probably someone had said to you what are you doing in college they probably would have that didn't know you would have suspected you might have went off and done music actually well there's a funny story behind that as well but the 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 guitar thing is funny because when i when i went to see that display this would have been in second year and again uh, like so I wasn't in the catchment area I knew absolutely no one in McDaris mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was one of those that's difficult to get in then you, know you done really well no no I was getting on really well with like my classmates and stuff but yeah. still far from knowing sort of everyone in, in, yeah, yeah. in the year and uh, I saw my good friend Sean McManaman play the guitar and like, yeah. keep in mind Jesus now obviously I'm going to compliment him he's my mate so you know Tay with a pinch of salt but give credit where it's fucking Joe. playing that guitar Jesus and he was 14 or something and yeah, I started chatting to the lad next to me, Zach Douglas, and saying, who's that? And he's like, yeah, no, that's my mate Sean, he's real good at guitar. And I was like, no way. And then we got chatting. Turns out Zach played bass. And then there's another lad, John Shield, And John was like, yeah, I play guitar too. And I was like, Jesus, lad, so he's not in a band. And they were like, we're just missing one thing. Like, it's we're missing a drummer. <laughs> well, boys... All that jamming you done when you were growing up yeah. came in to be that missing That's piece it. of the Well, because no, up the until puzzle. then, like when I was fourteen, up until fourteen, like got these instruments sort of been playing on my own. You know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of musicians I've talked to, is typically like that as well. You know, you start mm-hmm. off, you play on your own, but you kind of almost need that practice because yeah, playing you with build other up people, the comfort level that when it comes to playing with other people, you feel confident enough. Yeah, plus it's different when you're playing music with other people and when you're playing on your own, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you've got, to, there's a lot of like communication and a lot of... Uh, you've all got to kind of correlate with each other and be exactly, on time yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's it's very difficult. I mean, there's probably a lot of people that could pick, pick up a guitar and play or play the drums, but when it comes to playing with three or four different people, 
Yeah, I'd say it's I'd say it's very hard. I'd say it's it's a skill in itself. Definitely, but it's something you practice as well. Yeah. I think you just have to be lucky enough to find well, a a good bunch of people that you really enjoy and you get along with, with yeah which was what happened really so very yeah. lucky there and then bees you know like everyone's roughly on the same level so that there's not necessarily someone who's no tension or anything like that yeah right, yeah exactly everyone's level-minded so everyone just kind of thinks on the same wavelength mm. and i mean when you think back to when you were a musician before you were in the band do you do you think being in the band has made you become a better musician or oh yeah because obviously constantly having to practice and prepare and then play under not pressure as such, but out of your comfort zone because in front of a crowd of people when you're doing your gigs, mm. you've got to, you can't really mess up as such when, you, when you're when you jamming in your in your studio or in one of the lads' yeah. bedrooms, you can't really, you can afford to mess up, yeah. but when you're in front of a live crowd, you, there's no margin for error, no? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, there's there's definitely that element of, I think first of all, there's an element of like deadline mm-hmm. of, um, you know, I work well on the deadlines in that sense if I need to get something done or I need to be yeah. in terms of music it might just be lads we need to you know this is something we have yeah. to work for have this done by such yeah. Right. yeah now it's much harder to quantify with music in the sense that you can more or less tell okay that was actually sounding fairly good but it's not like an essay where you you know you get up to work I know what you mean yeah. Like, yeah. they're done but at least it's something that mm-hmm. kind of almost prevents you from meandering and from mm-hmm. sort of so it gives some sort of structure to where you're heading mm-hmm. so gigging wise yeah definitely band wise is again you know playing with other musicians like it's just deadly i mean i i and i definitely i definitely think like the the more the more musicians you can play with the better yeah for almost the, for the almost more you learn from the other musicians as well then them, yeah then there's that natural sort of almost maybe a bit of competition there like oh fuck you yeah know, like that like, too well, that's, that's that makes a lot of sense you know, to be honest yeah cuz you're not your own your main competitor is probably yourself mm. you're always trying to be your last performance or your last gig but yeah. when another person comes into the into the mix you want to impress them almost don't you you kind of want to show what you've got and show mm. your best ability because yeah, sure. everyone wants to be at their best yeah and you want to do like it's different as well when for instance like in a band so everyone's playing different instruments and stuff like that mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. in that sense uh you don't necessarily have although there's bands that have say two guitarists and yeah. all that but uh it's almost that thing of you want to like be better so that like the whole sort of thing can be better you know so you're yeah like, everybody you're, wins there it's like you go from this weird transition where if you're you know when say you pick up an instrument you know you're probably going to be practicing on your own for the start anyway yeah. and then when you if you're joining a band or a collective or whatever then you see it's almost like for me it was like that feeling of teamwork mm-hmm. and so then it's like you know when you're playing team sports or whatever so everyone's supporting each other right and you want to be better because then that mm-hmm. makes the team better that makes the mm-hmm. band better you know and then if you see somebody that you're about to go for a gig and the bass guitarist is not really in the right frame of mind or the, the right humor is that they're having a tough day you all have to boost him back up oh, to his yeah. best because when he's out there on the stage you will not look as good if someone isn't on par with you i suppose it's all about building each other each other up and making sure everybody's kind of at the same level there so, you go now i'm talking like I'm an expert. I'm far from an expert. No, no, but I know what you mean. No, I mean, in my eyes, you're an expert because from somebody being on the outside, no, that, I mean, give credit where it's due. I've seen you playing and I've seen, I haven't actually been to one of your gigs yet, but I keep looking up at this this logo poster here yeah. and I'm admiring even the artwork that you guys are putting in the time that is amazing. Yeah. But I mean, Cheers. from being an, an outsider, I play the, I can play the guitar, I can play a couple of songs, but mm. I mean, there's a lot to it that I don't know. So when I'm seeing you or any of the other guys playing, to me, you're you're basically an expert so i'm just 
I'd be learning from you as such you know yeah, that way yeah, yeah. but I just wanted to say uh, while we're on the topic of music could you play your first song you've chose the first song yeah right. so I've asked you to, to gather a couple of songs together and I haven't really given you much time to prepare yeah, these yeah, songs yeah, but easy, yeah but look we're just jumping the deep end and obviously it's the first episode so we'll see how it goes and okay. like, I don't think it's a better person to ask so what would be the first song you, you chose to play and, and why maybe give us a background before you, you put it on right so now there you go uh, what was the first song? So I suppose maybe the two, uh, my two favorite artists are definitely, um, two two of my favorite artists would be the one guy's called Sufjan Stevens. So this is a song I'm gonna play first, and then mm-hmm. another guy called Elliot Smith. Okay. Um, now you might say musically they're you know similar enough. It's sort of singer songwritery. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, very sad, big fan of sad music. Uh, <laughs> I think we all are at one yeah. point, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you yeah, we are like a bit of a Dell, and get the get the old uh, tissues out and have a cry. And I definitely think like this guy, Sufjan Stevens, would have been. So, uh, I was lucky enough, like a lot of music I listened to, definitely as well in my youth, uh, was influenced by uh, like my parents. You know, they 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 love music themselves, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, they'd always be checking out new types of music and all the rest of it. So, actually. I think it was my outfit who showed me this and you know when you're young as well so there's that tipping point of for me it was this tipping point of you need uh some sense of independence some sense of identity mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. so you want to listen to music that's not necessarily oh you know there's you know the owns or listening to yeah this, yeah right? no i'm with but you i remember hearing this album we were driving up to Donegal. uh your dad's hometown yeah that's right yeah exactly and uh even when you're say 13 or 14 you know four-hour trip it just feels so long yeah. you know so you get so bored and i just remember like tuning in to this guy sufjan stevens and you know and i was just blown away and then you've got that beautiful scenery of like i mean ireland sometimes you take it for granted but it is such a beautiful country we're you know? so quick to travel out of ireland yeah. to go away but yeah we can just take a quick train or mm. a quick drive down to one the, yeah no i completely so, can relate to that yeah so it kind of accompanied so this this music to me which was so beautiful and then it was accompanied by sort of the scenery and that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. yeah real kind of almost um you know sometimes you get in that calm sense where you're, when you're traveling from a to b so you've actually got nothing really to do you know you've, you're just sort of in transit in in limbo yeah, yeah. uh so i really like this so this one's called the dress looks nice on you like specifically in that song um musically i'm a huge fan of this sort of uh like interchange between instruments i mean obviously like uh, most music has that but what i find sufjan stevens does quite nicely is uh they use a lot of stringed instruments uh sorry but like stringing as in like plucking so he'll use Mm -hmm. you know guitar and and banjo Mm -hmm. like mainly guitar and banjo 
and there's just these arpeggios that arpeggios like, yeah yeah you know what I mean they're sort of slotting in really mm-hmm. nicely together and it sounds so sort of full and there's always something going on yeah and yeah. almost chaotic but there's a really uh, easy pattern to follow despite yeah. the fact that it sounds so chaotic you know mm-hmm. um, so that was really I can picture it driving in a yeah. in a car on the way to Donegal listening to that that was a, that was a really good song yeah come here while we've we're sitting in front of the camera and there's a ton of books behind you there what, what's going on what are you reading at the moment are you what am I reading at the moment uh, what am I reading at the moment I'm reading actually this was I was thinking about this today because you were explaining the concept uh, sometimes I'm like oh Jesus I really need to read a sort of classic book you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. many of them there yeah. so I picked up Robinson Crusoe okay. visited me a couple of weeks ago and uh, so it was kind of getting me thinking about like you know what would I bring if I could because in Robinson Crusoe obviously you know he's stuck in an island right tell us a bit about that story I don't know much about it now it's uh, like I mean it's just sort of one of the classics of you know a man on his own so he gets shipwrecked basically and he's on his own on an island and more or less the first half or three quarters of the book is just explaining his day to day what does he do how does he sort of like feed himself and wakes up himself survives now a lot of it can be quite you know philosophical like it's you know it also kind of describes this discovery of you know god and how like, okay do you know what i mean so there, there's, he turns to faith aspect. and stuff yeah yeah he turns to faith a lot in the book which is interesting Forty that he's shipwrecked but he, he survived and he is where he is now and he's got to cope with what he's got yeah per, yeah that's a very good like uh sort of description of yeah the yeah kind of part of the book like so from I mean, a synopsis that, point of view like he basically is living with what he has now and he's just got to get on with it so he's yeah. kind of what do you just eating fish and just eating kind of yeah no and plant based like diet yeah yeah definitely well no he raises goats <laughs> right. yeah, yeah it's a, fu- it's a so it's a big thing. island is it it's a big island okay all right okay and he's the only person or is he right so you make me want to read it now okay it's that it's it's pretty good it's pretty good you leave me with a cliffhanger there yeah so that would be one you, you've been torn to in and out of so yeah. this is yeah this is one that i've been reading for a while but I, i'm i have an awful habit of like kind of picking up one book I'm and the, then yeah reading yeah. maybe two or three at the same time i'm the exact same yeah i'm a big fan of reading uh i'd like to also read like i say a fiction and non-fiction at the same time so maybe like a true crime or something and then like something like a nice story about something mm. from fiction exactly yeah. so i read there's a book um what did I read? Uh, Sapiens. This one up here. Just seen it up the yeah. top there. So that's, what, that, that's a pretty big book as well, isn't it? it looks yeah, like oh, but it's very easy to read. Like it's yeah, really yeah. well written, and it's like just really simply the mm-hmm. story of sort of mankind from. Do you know what I mean? From just like the beginning since Homo sapiens have existed. So going back way back well, when to say like whatever eighty thousand BC, and then like going through all like the major milestones, yeah. which is you know when did we first you know discover language and then writing and then the agricultural revolution and then the industrial revolution and sort of like how we've evolved to where we are now there you go and it's, i watched them um, an interesting video the other day it was like because we're so engrossed in smartphones and yeah. technology they reckon when i say they some scientist somewhere reckons in a couple of years maybe a couple of hundred years our actual physical appearance and aesthetically we'll, we'll develop to have yet we will be hunched. Our necks will actually be rounded over from looking down all the time. They reckon that's going to happen now. I don't know how true it is, but because of our natural physique would be shoulders back, upright position, good posture. Now we're just, there's a lot of people just slouching around the place. Like, and even when I sit at my desk in work, I've got this tendency to just lean forward. And it's only when I go home 
my back would be killing me like yeah, you realize I'd be eight hours sitting yeah. in this com- in for what me is a to me it's a comfortable position but it's definitely not a good position you, you know? don't realize it until yeah no, yeah exactly true. yeah so that's a really interesting book yeah that's definitely oh definitely yeah i was wondering one. why it was top there it looks like something maybe the easiest access to when you just pull it up every now and again I usually kind of finish a book I pull it yeah, up yeah, yeah. I'll have to get a loan one off you one time that's, it looks like you've got a good, good few ones there yeah so um, what's the second song you've chose mm. second song so you were asking me like is there any songs that you might have a story behind or whatever mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a tough one as well because there's probably a story behind most of the songs especially like I love when a mate recommends a song you're like this is absolutely deadly you refer that to that mate then yeah you, you every know, time you hear it yeah, yeah. or whatever but funny enough I have a terrible memory for that kind of thing. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So what typically what I do then is like, it's uh, when it, when a when a song stands out to me in, in terms of just a memory attached to the song, it would either be because of a gig. Okay. Or it would be because it just so happened. You know what I mean? Sometimes a song, it just perfectly matches. You're not planning it, but it perfectly matches like your mood. Yeah. And the place you're in. Yeah. And um, we've all got that kind of time where will I listen to that song now? I'm just no, I'm not in the humor of it, but if you're on your way into town or something and you're you're on your bike and it just comes on yeah this is the, the, you'll have there's different songs for different moments and different different atmospheres yeah, yeah yeah well so this is kind of what happened to me was i was um yeah so i was coming back from this would have been actually uh so when i lived so i lived in paris for a year when i was 16 mm-hmm. and uh when i came back from paris like and I, i'd obviously come back a few times here and there uh for holidays and mm-hmm. come back to see some family and all the rest of it but I think it might have been like the first day back or the second day back that was sort of permanent. So this was like, okay, now I think it was in summer, maybe in like August. Okay. And I was like, okay, now I'm back, you know, for good or whatever. And I was cycling down to see my mates. I can't remember where I was. And um, then this this song came on. This was back in the old days with the iPod classics. You know? <laughs> so I had the thing on, on shuffle and I was on the bike. And then this song came on. So it was just that perfect, you know, uh, sun was fucking blaring. And you just come back in the summer and this song yeah. come on. Yeah, and it was just perfect for the moment. Yeah, because look, now we've got Spotify and we've got all sorts of music platforms. I remember the days of on a half day on a Wednesday, I went back to one of my friends' house after school and I actually plugged in my iPod yeah. into his computer. Yeah and took all of his songs i literally just highlighted them all and dragged them down to my phone now it took probably about 45 minutes for them all to load into the <laughs> ipod but like that was when you went onto youtube you went onto um youtube converter and yeah, transferred and, it into yeah, an mp3 yeah. file like the, i mean yeah well. and his collection of music was like i mean it was better organized than any record store i've ever seen in town or anything like the amount of time you put into it yeah. when it synced in he'd done all the hard work and I was able yeah, to just was yeah but the things have changed so much now so I think it's almost like not not in all cases but some of us kind of almost take advantage of the music now because it's so easily accessed we so, can just click onto YouTube or Spotify or whatever you, you know, know I was wondering this the other day because like I mean so yeah like just reading an article about like the ubiquity of music access now mm-hmm. like, the ubiquity of, of, of music which is like you can basically get almost the world's catalogue on your phone mm-hmm. which is insane when you think about it because, really and truly you know, yeah um and i was wondering what does that do to like our sort of sensory experience of music does, mm-hmm. does it take away from it as in is it not as special mm-hmm. you know and i was reading this article about how in japan japan have like if you're a huge 
collector of vinyl and especially rare vinyl mm-hmm. apparently japan is the mecca for that really and apparently one of the reasons was post-world war Two, their economy was uh doing very badly obviously and uh you know they were recuperating and so not many people in japan the vast majority of people in japan couldn't afford a hi-fi system okay they couldn't afford a record player and then even if they could afford that you know buying a vinyl was you know quite you know it was an expense when you could be using that money to yeah. buy rice or whatever it was yeah so to what survive, they started doing yeah. was they started uh, making these cafes where the idea was you'd come in and the cafe would play a record and it would almost be like going to the cinema right so you'd go total experience and everyone would be quiet and everyone would come into the, to the cafe or whatever like there was different venues you'd sit down and the venue would have a good hi-fi system because you know people were paying in or whatever it was and then they could buy the, the records and so it was like almost like going to the cinema everyone an experience would buy it yeah. and listening to it so then that's why they have loads of like mad vibes so it's when people go to cinema they sit down and they watch film yeah this was music yeah exactly so rather than visual people are coming in and just simply sitting down and listening silent as a library and yeah. listening to music and, I, and like you know you wonder like is that you know and and that was out of necessity right so yeah. it, what like you know what i mean like if they had had spotify and smartphones which they do now like i wonder where was the social tradition? aspect of that like people went in although yeah. they weren't speaking with each other it was a community type thing people yeah, came together and at the end of it they probably chat yeah you chat about you, album, know, you know and you spoke about your experience but nowadays people can just quickly yeah you kind of take maybe click take onto a website i mean i know sometimes i do in that sense you know it's kind of like all right what well, you know what i'm gonna listen to and i know i'll have it on youtube yeah or i'll have it on spotify and there's so much options and choices that there's you, a lot you don't know what really yeah. to be now on the other on the other end of things though i kind of like that idea of if you're a musician or a band it's much easier now because of the advanced technology i think i know what you're gonna say yeah to put your music out there yes whereas before exposure you being you have been almost completely reliant yes. on, a, on a record company you're limited so much yeah restricted I mean? so yeah unless a record company decided we want you we want you and then they take the expense to record and like i mean recording you mm-hmm. know obviously was very i mean it, it's it's end. funny to think i know it's not the music we're playing now but when you hear of all these soundcloud artists now they're literally coming from soundcloud to a couple of hundred hits up to thousands millions and they're being signed by some of the top top record labels but it's a real it's a a nice democratic process at the beginning yeah do you know what I mean because they were able to do it themselves and then the the sort of you know the people yeah but it shows like how hard the people had it back in the back in the day like how they actually done it and became as big as they did like from literally word of mouth word of mouth and yeah and gigging and it's stuff amazing like that, you know it's, it's so do you want to crack what was the next song so then? the next what, one then the one the one i was listening to on my bike is uh this <laughs> lcd sound system tune called for uh, people that don't know sam sam you you basically live on your bike i, I love my bike yeah you've got a, a nice fixie that's it I, I i would love to one day if you ever sell it be the first person that can have an offer uh, on it well, okay i'll keep you in mind man. I'll keep you in mind. <laughs> that's if you do ever sell it but, i don't uh, know if i will man <laughs> i'll probably frame it once uh once we're all using driverless cars no it's a beautiful bike now Alright, so yeah, sorry, it's called Someone Grey.
that song is a banger first and foremost <laughs> that's it I'm the creator um, but um, to be honest I wasn't actually looking forward to you switching that off I was actually enjoying yeah, that yeah no I, I tell you but like, that was good what's going on there is a bit more synth is it yeah so that's definitely like I mean I love you know as everyone does I love songs you can dance to or songs you can have yeah. a little boogie to and uh, it's like, I really like that song because and I, I quite like LCD Sound System uh, because what your man's doing is like it's it's kind of you know it's it's repetitive it's almost there's this monotony to it that is totally acceptable yes do you know what I mean like as in there's sort of like a, like throughout all that song it's almost like a drone of that sort of compre- you know like mm-hmm. that side chain compression mm-hmm. same link yeah almost throughout the entire song mm-hmm. it's just that one thing uh, and I, I find that really interesting sometimes it's like how, how are we going to make this one theme like this one idea that if you would ju- if, like I mean if I, if, I, if I were to you know isolate that one synth that's just going mm-hmm. for six minutes uh, it would probably be classified as a form of torture under the Geneva <laughs> yeah. Convention but however someone's he, being waterboarded or something yeah, by Donald Trump yeah. yeah do you know what I mean but what, however he has done this for me anyway it's just like totally list I can listen to start to finish and there's a lull to it to though I think yeah. it's whatever he's done it, it was nice it was it was very now, nice obviously we didn't a great listen choice. to, the, to the, uh, the lyrics and stuff I really like the lyrics and yeah. all the rest but of for it. the people listening if you you know the, the, the artist is LCD Sound System and the song is is someone great yeah. that's it people can listen to our own time I'll be definitely going home and listen to that one again yeah, sure. so I was just thinking um, we were talking about different types of books and stuff like that um, explain to the people that can visually see this anybody that'll be listening through um, SoundCloud or Apple Podcast for anyone that's actually watching this video what is the story with the wall the wall so just I, I always find when I'm in here <coughs> I'm trying to have a conversation with you I'm trying to look you in the eye but I cannot help but look at the graffiti the drawings the yeah. tags the writing even the quotes some people have done <laughs> it's it's absolutely amazing yeah, it's 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 got a story of its own, hasn't it? So like when you got yeah. it, when you bring someone in, whether it's a party or whether it's just a social gathering or band practice, people tend to just write on the wall. But yeah. what there's a bit behind it, people leave a message or leave their mark. They can do more or less what they want. Like I mean, it started off, you know, like the walls were white, and then uh, one day, so a friend of mine from Paris, uh, he came to stay with us for a couple of months. He wanted to come to Dublin, and he did a lot of stuff, and so. We're all chilling here, uh, probably about four or five of us, and you know he asked, "Can I draw something on the wall?" Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and he's like, and he was a great artist, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, he was always sort of scribbling away, and I had a moment to think about it, you know, because and especially at that stage, you know, where it's like the walls are bare, so one drawing on a wall is kind of going. I look know exactly. A bit yes, weird out of place. place. Yeah. So he drew. Now, you can't really see it because it's just sort of been drawn over since, but he drew this outline of a horse. And, uh, Compton, if you're listening, it's definitely not your best work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then you started there. Subsequently, you know, and, like, I was just really lucky in the sense that, like, I've got a couple of friends. I mean, like, you know, just great artists. I mean, mm-hmm. great lads, first and foremost. But you're but also, you, you can do it yourself. You, you're uh, you're not just a, a musician or just a, an interest d- in science. I, you have a big interest in art also, haven't you? I like, int- you know, I really like art. Uh, but again, I think that's 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 definitely an influence of my friends like, okay. coming off me. You know, you know, I've had a few friends go to NCD or do animation, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And obviously, they, like I mean, they they draw way better than I would. 
I'm really into shapes, you know, like anything that's sort of looks Yeah, you've got geometric. a lot of, uh, Jim, I was just going to say that you've got like, um, I, I don't know if it's still here, but I remember when I was here for Matthew, your brother's 18th, mm. there was a mathematical equation on the wall. Is that still here? There's, yeah, it's underneath on I my, think you've done it, didn't coat. you? Yeah, that's the... So it's, the, under, it's, it's the co-hangers now replace that now. Yeah, well, no, I didn't do it on purpose, but uh, like... You know, but I was I right. That was definitely there. That was yeah. how many years yeah. ago now? So Matthew's Jesus. twenty one yeah. now. So that Thanks. was three years ago. That's four years now. Four years now. Yeah, four years. Um, but um, yeah, Matthew will be on. Maybe you'll be able to come on as well. Give us a hand. These are your mics. You've yeah. you've helped a lot here today to get this up and running. So thank you so much. No worries. And uh, see you again soon. All right. Cheers, man.